What is up, Pacer fans? Want to start the show with an announcement. We are thrilled to announce the newest member of the Undebeatables family, Ethan Benjamin Triplett. He was born on November 20th. Everyone's favorite analyst, the doctor, Jason Triplett, and his brilliant, lovely wife, Jill, are the proud parents. Everyone is healthy. We uh, here at Undebeatables do provide a brief unpaid paternity leave, so if you don't hear from Jason for the next couple weeks, don't worry, he will be back. He's just currently not getting very much sleep. If you'd like to follow Ethan on social media, uh, the parents have decided that they would like um, to wait until Ethan's old enough to uh, choose his own Instagram profile and his own Twitter handle, so you know, probably six months or so. Uh, Hopefully by then he'll be able to teach us what TikTok is. Until then, rest assured, he's in training to become the biggest Pacer fan in the history of the world. We just can't tell you how thrilled we are here on the pod, and we hope you share it with us in this great joy. Now I'm with the show. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is November 29th, 2020, and this is episode 483. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss Pacers free agency, and we're going to help Colson emotionally come to terms with Victor Oladipo. Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? So glad to be with you all. Um, quick shout out this week to uh, Dania Kasiva. Um, her husband, uh, David Moss, passed away uh, of COVID recently, uh, and they were the duo that made up the quick change. And I don't know if mm. you've been to a basketball game, uh, NBA, WNBA, or college, uh, these guys did uh, halftime shows, quick change, where uh, he'd throw a hoop over, uh, David would throw a hoop over Dania, and she would suddenly be in a different outfit, and then vice versa. And it was incredibly entertaining. I don't know how they did it, and uh, I'm taking this loss harder than I should, perhaps. Um, but also just a reminder of you know the, the near 275,000 people that have passed away from COVID. So um, stay safe out there. Yeah. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shouting out Indianapolis this week. Our hometown may have lost the All-Star game for 2021 since it got, you know, canceled and such. Mm. But they did promise it that we could have it in 2024. Oh. So go nap down. So, so I figured they would just like give it to us in 2022 and then just move everybody down the line because they've already promised it to a couple other cities. I'm assuming in 2022, 2023. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It, it was. I mean, I guess they. My guess is they already had contracts in line that would be. It'd be easier to just push us to the back of the line than fiddle with everybody else. Super know? cool NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would be more upset about this if this actually didn't work out for uh, Banker's Life Renovations. Right, so they have uh, Banker's Life is doing a three hundred and fifty million dollar renovation, and originally they were only going to have the phase one of it done by the time of the All Star Game, but by moving it back, they'll have the entire three phases done um, by two thousand twenty two, I think. So, 
way in time for the all-star game. We'll have like an outdoor concourse and, you know, new seats and a, uh, what do we have? A bigger screen. Cause we needed a bigger. <laughs> it's really, really struggle to see the screens in there. Didn't we already have the biggest like jumbotron in the NBA and we've just made it bigger. It may have been surpassed, uh, but for a long time, I think it was. And then, uh, I mean, I think that's that must be one of the that must just be one of the things. It's like, look, you know, we do these things really well, and it, one of those things is having a big TV. You know, <laughs> I guess. I I, I think uh, I think the uh, Dallas Cowboys have a bigger jumbotron than we do, but they're also in a football stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. So, oh man. The uh, New Warriors center hung main video board is the largest LED video display center hung installed in a sports arena. Hmm. Okay. So are we trying to beat them at this, or are we just? Uh, I think they won. That thing is big. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just trying to keep up with the Joneses, then. Uh. Well, I guess maybe sort of. Um tagging on to that discussion um i did get noticed you know part of my uh intro every every show you know i talk about how i'm a season ticket holder well i'm actually not a season ticket holder mm. anymore just because there's no season tickets this year okay <laughs> they're just uh they're pausing the program because uh, they have no idea what the season's going to look like and how seating's going to work if at all you know it'd be not super cool if they uh, told me you know that uh, yeah, we took your money, but we won't let you in the building. Um, so I think they just said, "Well, uh, we'll, we'll revisit this next season." So you're going to be grandfathered in on your old ticket prices, or are they just going to start from scratch? Uh, well, it will be a discussion. I don't know. I mean, that's. Uh, I think everything is a discussion right now. Everything's and actually in every every communication I get, they mention that it is a it is a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. So. No answers today. Well, you keep them honest, Joe. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Do my best. Um, all right, so the first topic we want to talk about this show is um, about the team that I you know, wanted to buy tickets for, the uh, 2020-2021 Pacers. Uh, free agency is open, and... You know, I think that there's been some spots that are not locked down yet. Uh, Colson, uh, who do we need to sign that's out there? Any re-signings or uh, what, what What plan do we need to have to button things up before the season gets started? Well, um, you know, everything was compressed uh, this year into like a three-day signing frenzy. Um, and uh, we took that time to um, get caught up in a... Um, a trade that didn't happen and uh, also re-signing the guys we had. So we brought back uh, both Justin Holiday and Jakar Sampson on our team. Um, we moved out TJ Leaf um, for uh, Jalen LeCheck, LaCroix, <laughs> Le, uh, so, uh, LeCue, right? LeCue, Jalen LeCue. Um, and... Um, uh, basically, we're going to bring back 14 of, of our 15-guy roster. <laughs> it's the same team. Um, and um, we have, of course, we drafted Cassius uh, Stanley. Um, but essentially, this is the same team it was last year. Um, so um, I think we're betting on some internal uh, development. We're betting on a new coaching staff with a different scheme. And uh, we're also betting on health. Because we were really bit by um, the injury bug last year, uh, with you know Oladipo being out, you know the first two thirds or three fourths of the season, um, with Jeremy Lamb going down for the whole season, with Malcolm Brogdon in and out, and um, with Demontis Sabonis going out uh, at the you know uh, playoffs. So like, um, I, I think we're just hoping to uh, we're hoping the co- continuity makes a difference, and also. The coaching staff is a big enough change because we have changed zero as far as personnel. Okay. Are you excited about, about that? I mean, continuity is something that 
uh, that I wanted more of, you know, um, you know, I guess we're, we're trading, uh, the continuity of the coaching staff for the players. Um, you know, um, but it's nice to have, uh, you know, the players get some minutes on the floor together and build some sort of rapport that, um, you know, it's not gonna have to be fully rebuilt every season. So that's, that's nice. Harper, what do you, what do you think about the, the, I guess, lack of moves that have been made? Well, I, I, I don't think we're done yet. Uh, Anthony Davis is still out there and unsigned. So I'm assuming he's wearing, uh, we're that, in blue and gold next is year. Is that our fifteenth huh? spot getting yeah. filled? We've been yeah, saving that had, spot for Anthony. Cassius Davis. Stanley's on a on a two way deal, so he had to keep the room there for for AD. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. No, I. You know, I don't know. I I feel like we sort of backed into this being our plan A. You know, I mean, of course, Kevin Pritchard's going to come out and say this is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted. Uh, two days after. You know, shopping our team around. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, certainly they're, you know, this is a team that played well together last year despite the injuries. We were on pace for a 50 win season. Uh, So there's little reason to think that we shouldn't be able to achieve that in the next year with or without guys being healthy. I mean, yeah, we were fourth in the East with all those injuries. So, yeah. Likely the East got a little bit tougher with uh, yes. KD and Kyrie coming back. Miami looks Potentially better than they healthy. were last year. Miami yeah. definitely a stronger team going into 2021 <laughs> than, yeah. than, uh, than they were coming into last year. Uh, Toronto may have taken a little bit of hit by losing both their big men. Uh, they're starting I mean, We've big said men. that before, haven't we? That's true. That is true. Uh, and Boston will still be good. So. I mean, no reason to no reason to think that not getting Miles Turner is going to end their end their dominance as, as a franchise. So. Yeah, but we 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 kept Miles Turner, which is uh, you know something that was uh, up in the air as as you said a week ago. Um, we uh, offered Miles Turner uh, and Doug McDermott for um, Gordon Hayward uh, from the Celtics and. Um, Pritchard uh, did a press conference where he said that they went to the players that they were uh, shopping and expressed to them that they were on the trading block. Um, And because that's something they're committed to as a franchise to tell guys when they're, um, when they're being shopped. And he says, there's, there's upside and downside to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that that's a difficult conversation to have. um, But I suppose it's better than it coming out into the, um, media, um, without you getting on top of it as a franchise, uh, both guys apparently said that they uh, understood, uh, they appreciated it, and that now that they're not traded, they're they're both all in uh, with both feet. <laughs> That's what Kevin Pritchard says. So um, I am a little nervous about how both those guys will feel since we were dangling them for Gordon Hayward, who I don't think would be an upgrade over those two guys, but. That's just me. I'm glad that trade didn't go through. Yeah, well, I, Danny Ainge would seem to agree with you. Widely <laughs> considered one of the best GMs in the league, and this guy just he just didn't want Miles Turner. Just didn't want him. Not for yeah. paying him. That seems to be the sticking point. I mean, ultimately, Hayward goes on a sign and trade for a, along with two second round picks for a second round pick, a conditional second round pick at that, and a you know the largest trade exception in NBA history. It, Almost twenty nine million dollars. Mm. Can, can you guys break? I'm not, so I don't uh, follow the the money aspect of the game. Can you explain the trade exceptions to me? Uh, I mean, to my understanding, it's basically uh, they can just use that money and not go over the cap effectively, right? So they can sign, um, you know, the equivalent of twenty eight million dollars worth worth of stuff without having to pay the luxury tax. Yeah, so if you're trading with a team that has the cap space to absorb a player, um, but they don't send you back any salary, they can send you back essentially the equivalent of that salary as a cap hold or as as a trade exception, I guess would be. be, And so then you can use that in the future. You're right, Harper, to sign a guy 
um, to go over your cap limit. And I mean, okay. they're signing Tristan Thompson. I, mm-hmm. I just apparently they like him better than Miles Turner. That's concerning to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for a lot less money, though, right? Two years, yeah. twenty mil. I mean, it's yeah, definitely less money. But I mean, that's you know, for a GM to just basically say that you know Miles Turner is not worth the money to us is that's tough. When they're going to get nothing back in exchange. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, I so Pritchard Turner has no trade value. Is the bottom line? Yes, yes, yeah. And 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 apparently the Celtics uh, checked around the league to see if they could you know trade for him and then shop him and get something else back, even if they didn't want to keep him. And basically, people were like, "Yeah, that was no, we just don't a hard no." <laughs> maybe maybe this is like a master stroke by Pritchard to like you know some sort of scared straight kind of thing, you know. Show him was like, look, you you get uh, it's not better anywhere else, so you might as well uh, stay here and and be happy with what you get. You know, uh, it's a nice way to follow up the uh, we're about to trade you talk with the uh, <laughs> with the, the scare tactics <laughs> with the scare tactics exactly. You know, uh, Pritchard said something interesting, which uh, we've talked about. Uh, quite a bit which is uh, I, I you know a reporter said you know so what are you going to do now that you're stuck with these two big guys and Pritchard was like look he's like this is he's like this is some sort of media creation he's like we do our internal numbers you guys you guys can look at the numbers we're actually a positive plus minus with these two guys on the floor he's like it's a media creation that these guys can't play together we don't understand why there's some rush to trade them both or one of them and um, you know we're confident that we can put these guys on the floor together and with our new scheme, we're going to be doing a lot more different things and this is going to work out. This is part of why we brought in Bjorkren. And so, you know, we've talked about this before as well. Like everybody is saying like these guys can't play together, but that's not what the numbers bear out. You know, we, we are a positive plus minus with these guys on the floor. So, um, you know, I appreciate that he at least is looking at the same numbers we are. <laughs> I mean, as he shopped the guy, <laughs> it's true. That's true. And you could say the plus minus would be way better if we had a different situation. You know, I mean, that seems to be the animation, right? Yeah. Well, he also did say that um, he's expecting a, to see a lot more of um, TJ Warren at the four. Not that he'll start at four, but he expects to see TJ Warren uh, play a lot of minutes at the four because of how well he played um, at the four in the bubble. Um, I assume that TJ Warren is uh, loudly and publicly crying about having to play four. That's right. Is that that what happened? Isn't there like a CJ Miles we could just throw into that? (laughs) Just chuck under that bus. We can bring CJ Miles back and force him to play four. (laughs) Shout out, PG. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Too soon. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> right on deck. So, so I mean, I, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I assume you just have to be a professional and come back from that. But I, if I were, uh, you know, if I'm Doug McDermott, like whatever, like I'm a guy who's going to get traded or thrown into a trade. But like, if I'm, if I'm Miles Turner, I'm probably a little upset right now. I don't know. Uh, Pritchard can tell me he's all the way back in with both feet, but like he's got to have his feelings hurt a little bit. Do you think this will affect his performance or is he just a pro? I mean, I think the results will bear that out. Um, you know, I, I mean, it seems to me that he's had trouble in the past when there's been, uh, when there's been sort of like obstacles like this, like there, there was the time in the past where he, you know, basically deleted all the social media, um, when there had been like some pretty negative comments on, I, I mean, uh, criticizing his performance and, um, you know, I mean, you know, there, they were, well, if they were on social media, it was probably unfair, but, uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, he was playing below expectations yeah. and, but I mean, look, man, if <laughs> somebody was on my Twitter or Facebook or Instagram every day, like telling you that you're whatever, you're a bum. You're a bum and you're over whatever. Like I wouldn't want to deal with that stuff either. So I probably wouldn't be on there as well. I would just I mean, take my twenty million dollars to the bank. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buy yourself a fancy flip phone and uh, call it a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I get that. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. You know, I mean, maybe maybe. You know, when I say, oh, it's kind of a scare tactic, I was joking around, but I mean, maybe maybe this is like a, hey, like, you know, y- you need to up your game here because, you know, the expectation has been the whole time that, you know, this guy is, you know, all-star level, you know, sort of uh, capability, and he's not even been close, like, for a while, and so, you know... Maybe he maybe he can dig down and get something uh, more this season to kind of say, hey, look, I am worth this money because you know he made he signed this 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 uh, the contract and then uh, the, I think the next season the Sabonis was up for a contract and he wanted like the the, the Miles Turner contract and now it's looking like it should have been you know they're worth different values now and it's the opposite direction and so you know now he's got to sh- prove that he's worth. He's worth the money. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, and I don't... Do you guys know where he is on his contract right now? He still has some time on there. Who, right? Miles? Years. Yeah. Yeah, he's only played his first year on his four-year extension. So he's got three more yeah, years yeah. at $18 million a year. But this will be... I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't change things quickly, that's the biggest contract he's ever going to have. Mm. Like, he'll never mm. have a bigger one, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree that, you know, he's definitely had his ups and downs and it seemed at times that he's had trouble dealing with the pressure and you know yeah it just it just seems like not only do you have the pressure of you know the trade talk but then to you know sort of publicly have danny ainge say you're not worth the money is like not helping (laughs) right um that's tough i mean he's you know that's i mean that's gotta that's gotta weigh on you some um ultimately you have to be a professional right it's 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 your trade right and Exactly, Joey. If if you don't show up and get the job done, then you're not going to continue making the money that you are, which certainly is a big motivation for guys. But it, it's tough on a personal level. And then there's the issue of how much does he want to be with the team that was shopping him, you know? So Sure. Well, and that's my Does concern, that affect right? our chemistry? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, Miles and DeMontis have said multiple times that they like each other, they like playing with each other, and they want to figure out how to make this work. Um, But, I mean, I suppose if I'm Miles, I'm like, hey, look, I could just go somewhere else where this would be easier. I wouldn't have to, you know, um, give up all this, you know. Because when he's center, whatever, and, like, he's by himself as the big man, he does a lot more things. Um, When he's splitting time with DeMontis, he's doing less. And and we – you know, I think we all thought he was on the right trajectory for the first three years, but he's really kind of not lived up to expectation in the last couple seasons. Um, and that has been along with DeMontis coming in. And maybe that's just DeMontis cutting into his minutes um, or moving him around the floor in ways that he's not comfortable. Um, but if he really is committed to making this work, I, I hope he does because I like the kid, um, you know. I'm a fan of his skill set, and he seems like a nice guy. Um, so I'm rooting for him. Uh, I just hope he didn't get his feelings hurt too much, and he's recommitting to kind of making this work. You know, like you said, if if maybe he can take this motivation from, you know, uh, Danny Ainge saying you're not worth anything and saying, well, let me prove you wrong. And that's the hope. But ultimately, the reality is that whether he wants to play here or someplace else, he's going to have to play better because it doesn't seem like the option to play anywhere else is really on the table for him right now either, right? Right. Yeah, what is, what is he, like a 15-7, you know? Um, I mean, I suppose that's worth about, if you look around the league, around, you know, uh, 10 to $15 million a year, not 18. So, so like Tristan Thompson territory? Yeah. But Tristan Thompson gives you more rebounds. <laughs> well, he does, but he doesn't give you a forty percent three point shooting. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm a little mystified. Or two and a half blocks is, a game. I mean, he's you know, I think six points per hundred possessions off you know what the MVP's doing and Andy Decumpo guys around him shoot a low percentage, right? I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm a little surprised that there isn't more interest in having him in the current. Yeah. Yeah, the advanced yeah. metrics on him defensively are insane. 
like I mean, he's in the you know top percentile. He's only was it was it three percent three percent below uh, Gobert in his interior defense as far as what he allows other teams to do. Like that's that's impressive. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, but apparently we'll see, nobody. Uh, apparently nobody cares I mean, in the league except uh, I. God, I, you know, th- I really hope this works. I, I think it can. I, I really think uh, they say that uh, <clears throat> Bjorkman's going to basically just get him shooting all the threes. I mean, he's just basically never going to hit a two point jumper in his uh, again in his life. He's just going to be parked out by a three point arc. So <clears throat> maybe that opens things up. Um, Meanwhile, Domus will pull down fourteen boards a game. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and I think the other another thing to take into account here is that uh, you know there's there's a complete coaching change. So we'll see, you know how how he's going to be used differently, uh, and th- and that may be a good thing for him as well. You know, maybe uh, you know we saw boy, you remember uh, uh, Hibbert before uh, Vogel came in was, you know, a shell of what he was. Uh, before he was good and before he was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He needed someone to put him in the right positions and give him some confidence. And that worked for about three and a half years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he was great for, for a period of time. So Blockosaurus Rex. Blockosaurus, man. He was, he was fun. Um, another thing we, we, uh, we want to talk about that we, we sort of mentioned this in the opener, but, uh, um, there's still some uh, question marks floating around. Um, uh, the way I see it, it's uh, you know on the promotional material that the Pacers put out. I, when I look at Oladipo on those, I see little question marks around his head, um, and I feel like that the the graphic designers there have already uh, you know ready to clip clip out his head and, and drop somebody else in. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I, I don't know how to feel about this, Colson. You seem to be concerned, um, and you don't even—you like weren't sure how to feel about uh, Oladipo coming into the season. Um, where are you at on him? Have you have you, anything changed, or, or are there too many unknowns? Well, I mean, I think it's hard to uh, overstate the kind of impact he had on this team. And for my fandom, um, when he came in and, and uh, filled the void of, of a, a Paul George, um, who was um, sort of negative and cranky and a bad leader and had a foot out the door, you know, and it was just it was hard to root for that guy and hard to root for that team for the last year. Um, and to have Oladipo come in and sort of change that culture he seemed to be positive he seemed to be excited he he kept saying this is my city you know in mocking paul george almost and and also in, in, in making me feel like he really was embracing the city um he's uh, uh charismatic attractive face of the franchise um and put up a an all nba season in that first season and i thought my goodness we've stumbled on something really special not only a special player but a special special um energy in the organization and so maybe i put too much of my own (laughs) needs and desires onto him i projected too much um because you know in this offseason we learned a lot about how he's actually human um and how um he gets his feelings hurt and and uh if you lived in a microcosm where everybody was um listening to what you say and putting it on the internet, then you might say some things you might regret or whatever. But what we've learned is that, um, you know, this guy during basketball play went to other basketball teams and said, Hey, can I come play with you in front of his teammates? Um, it sounds like he's been a real problem behind the scenes. He's been cranky. He's been petulant. Um, he's, um, sort of warring over who has the control of the locker room. And, um, and wanting out and now because um no one we i don't know no one would trade for him or whatever we're unwilling to move him um he's stuck with us and now he comes and says 
oh, really, I'm all in. I love the new coach. I'm completely in. I love this team. This is my city. And I'm just I'm feeling conflicted because um, I was so in love with what he um, represented. And now I've had my feelings hurt. (laughs) And I don't know if I can root for him all out or how I should feel about this. Should I be angry? Should I be indifferent? Should I be hesitant? Wait and see. I need you guys to kind of help me with this. Harper, do you have feelings? No, I don't. <laughs> Damn. Do you have thoughts then? Oh, sure. Yes. Okay, good. I, I mean, I knew you didn't have feelings. Thoughts. I've no, known I you long enough. Feelings? It's crazy. I mean, just add uh, one of the things that we thought we had was a really cohesive locker room that liked each other. So go ahead and throw some more wood on the fire. <laughs> Miles Turner in a questionable headspace, Victor Oladipo. Uh, you know, maybe he knows where he's at. I don't know if his teammates know where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see with the changes that are made, you know, as far as the coaching staff goes and potentially some friction in the locker room, you know, where this team is actually at and how that affects the product on the floor. I mean, I don't know, you know, if, we need more tell all books in the NBA is what we need. Like, mm. I, I don't feel like we ever really even got the whole Paul George story. Right. It's like, um, unfortunately I just, I feel like we're never really going to know, um, mm. which is aggravating. You know, I, I want to assume the best intentions, but the stuff that I read <laughs> conflicts with that. And I agree. It makes it hard to root for him wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, Harper, I sort of feel the same way about, you know, I, I think a lot of players, most players are like really well coached on like the right thing to say. Most people around the league are, you know. Pay people we a joking. lot of money to tell them what to say. I mean, you know, the thing is like, like I said, so every draft pick, uh, you know, we were shocked at how how far they fell and we're in love, you know. <laughs> And you know you can come hey, up with, with, with ten Stan- reasons why Cassius Stanley was is going to be a lottery pick if he'd gone back to college. Sure, I'm and, telling you, and you know and, that's what and I've heard. I would have probably too, right? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Um, and obviously, keeping the team together and trying them back out—that was Plan A, whole time. That was Plan right. A for sure. Obviously. Yeah, we had so, Plan B and C, which is to trade half of them for other players, but just right. didn't Plan have a. to do it, luckily. Right. Right. <laughs> So everyone says the right thing for the most part. So, um, you know, and anytime, you know, anytime anyone says like, are you, you know, are you, how do you feel? I'm a hundred percent committed. Everyone's a hundred percent committed all the time. Uh, you know, but I mean, if you sat down with them, you know, in a, in a, in a dark lounge, like they'd let it fly and we're never going to, we're never going to hear that stuff. You know, I guess stuff leaks out occasionally, but, uh. You know, then they then they get asked about it, and, and everything's oh what? no no I, I'm a pacer. Look at look at this signed contract I have saying I'm a pacer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I guess like I want to see what what's the the result. You know, without what we, we what I'm saying is that we we just don't get enough real information. Everyone says the right things all the time, and I just have to I just have to ignore that now because it doesn't matter because they're gonna they're gonna say that and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the teams that we had a couple of years ago, like, you know, with Corey Joseph and, the, you know, those teams were having fun, man, and they were winning and having fun. You didn't have to, like, read the tea leaves to find out what, you know, was going on in the locker room. Clearly, these guys were having a good time. But, you know, I, I got to wait. So, not enough information right now. Um, it, I, the information I do have is that there's a lot of well-paid PR people out there. Um you're you're earning your money and they're listening to you. Yeah, but I mean, uh, are you are you angry about the stuff that came out about him, you know, sort of asking to to uh, you know, play for other teams and and all this stuff? Like is that are you pissed off at him? Are you having trouble forgiving him or are you just like whatever? I mean, if that's real, I mean, it's a- it, it was it was put in the star and it was apparently right. like uh, uh, confirmed by multiple sources. Yeah. Right. Doesn't and, seem like and, anyone's yeah. really contradicting it, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I it's wish there like, was somebody yeah. who was good. It's not like it. even Oladipo came out and said I never did that. He didn't even do that. Right. So Yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to it it's it's hard to you, you can't feel good about that, right? But um 
Look, man, like, uh, no, I'm not excited about that, but I'm excited to see what happens this next season. You know, I'm, I'm an optimist. Like, there's, like, sort of a sea change in the in the coaching staff, and, and um, you know, maybe maybe after the, the summer of seeing that what the, you know, what the press is saying about everybody, like, you know, between between Miles Turner, you know, saying, like, I have no trade value, and... But like, as it, but Pacer fans know this guy is, can be amazing, and and Oladipo like there's stories coming out now. You know we we had talked about these in the previous shows. Stories coming out now about how uh, you know he's either super positive or you know petulant and negative. Um, and if the, if that's known around the league, then he's not going to get the money he wants elsewhere either. So um, I guess I guess what I'm saying is. Um, they can make the best of the situation that they have, mm-hmm. which is, you know, being in Indiana. Yeah. And that makes me sad. <laughs> I'm I'm with you, though. I mean, at the end of the day, like, our rooting interest is still for him to play super well, right? Um, yeah. Whether that results in net pacer wins or upping his trade value, because the last guy who told me he wanted a trade, he was serious. Mm-hmm. And he was leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when these guys talk, like I've been trained to listen now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't say a lot for what the the league thinks of Oladipo's value either. If Danny Ainge thinks that Oladipo and Turner are worth one Gordon Hayward, you right. know, that's not particularly complimentary of, of, of Vic either. So, um, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, you definitely want to see good production this year. That is good for our team, no matter which way this thing ends up playing out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, I think we've all been at jobs where we didn't want to be there, you know, and like, you know, maybe uh, working on our resumes instead of doing our job that day. Um, you know, I I think that the concern is that if you want to be on your way out, then you do a less good job while you're there. But you're right, in the NBA, you almost have to play better to get to get out. Right. So it's uh, so maybe my concern that he'll play less well because he's not happy uh, is quelled by the fact that he actually needs to play better if he really wants a, a, a better contract somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, if it's a contract year, it's a contract year. It is that whoever is going to pay is, you know, everyone's looking at the same stuff, mm-hmm. except except Miles Turner's uh, advanced defensive metrics. Apparently, no we're one, the only ones looking at those. No one cares about those. <laughs> I mean, my concern would be that, you know, maybe you get better individual, but not as good a team basketball in that mm, sort of yeah. scenario. Right? Well, so um, apparently uh, Bjorkren is going to play uh, up-paced, uh, uh, high-paced style, um, which is lots of ball movement. Um, so everybody touches the ball a lot of times. Um, so maybe maybe you won't be able to play super selfish basketball um, and still see minutes on this team. Who knows? Um, he, he also has talked about <clears throat> how... Um, James Harden has opinions. <laughs> uh, we're not going to do... Uh, it's not so much load management uh, going forward, um, but we're going to be um, prepared and ready um, for to be playing our best basketball for the playoffs, which means uh, giving opportunities to other guys throughout the season. So I think what that means is um, resting people while letting uh, Cassius Stanley get some starting shooting guard minutes um, in the middle of the season. Um, and if he plays better than Oladipo, then, you know, that's what it is. You lose your minutes. Play hard, Vic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Vic will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, until, until next year, when when Cassius uh, uh, is going to be the lottery lottery level player, exactly, that, uh, exactly. right, right. So sure. One year, Vic. step right in if uh, Vic gets traded. Yeah, uh, we're also getting Jeremy Lamb uh, back. Uh, apparently, by mid January is what they're saying um, from his uh, season season ending injury last year. Um, so you know, he's happy to see minutes. I, I kind of, I guess, I'm bummed he's not going to be ready on day one. He's a he's a guy that at uh, 
I don't know. I was I was sort of mixed on last year, but uh, you know, I kind of want kind of want to see him back out there and see see how he fits in. You know, I, I felt like, I felt like he was a little selfish at times, but yeah, you know, if the if the you know if his role was to to put in points, I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. So yeah, the ball seemed to stick with him um, more yeah. than I'd like, but uh, yeah, maybe like I said, maybe in this new system, that's just it, it will happen less. Yeah. Um, well, you guys want to take a quick break and we can come back, uh, with an under Google in the second half. Sure. Sounds like a plan. Sounds great. Uh, well, let's do that. And, uh, we'll be back in just a few. thing uh out of this we want to talk to you about my stat of the week hey joe can i can i interrupt you first sure <laughs> what's up everything I, okay well you know i mean I, I appreciate our conversation in the first half about vic you know i am really been struggling with this and i and i took i took the time uh during halftime to to listen to our uh, music and and kind of process what we talked about and mm-hmm. um i decided i'm angry and i think mm. it's uh, <laughs> no and i <laughs> and and I and I, um, I need to allow myself to be angry sometimes, right? Like I can be understanding that he's been going through that Vic's been going through rehab, and it's probably been really frustrating and lonely, and um, that could put you in a bad headspace. Um, but I remember very distinctly um, a couple years ago we were talking about the culture of the team when Paul George was there, and Harper, you said that uh, we were uh, very close to a culture of losing. And I really do feel like Vic came in and changed that, helped change that perception, along with Pritchard, I'm sure. Um, you know, I feel let down by by Vic right now, um, and so I'm angry. But I'm going to allow him to uh, recommit to the team, uh, play hard, and if, uh, you know, we want to trade him at the deadline or uh, we want to re-sign him for max money at the end of the year or let him walk away, um, I'm going to let him reprove it to me. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and be be a little salty up front. So, Vic, prove it to me, buddy. Okay. So, um, so I can work this into my stat of the week. I'll just uh, give me a scale of one to ten of how <laughs> mad, mad you are. No, I mean I think I'm I think I'm like on a seven. Okay. I mean it's not so ten. F- it's not ten. I it's, get it. And, and t- 10 is the most angry, right? I mean, I think like 11 is the most angry, but like it's Ooh, a okay. scale of 1 to 10, right? Okay. Um, right. So you're 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 at a 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, like on a like a on the pain level, it's like eh, maybe I should see a doctor. Maybe I'll give it a few days, you know? That's where we're at. Okay. Have you have you had these symptoms for uh, more than 12 hours? <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah, I guess I appreciate your view, and we'll we'll uh, give him the opportunity to win back our hearts, right? That's right. That's right. He's still in my top twenty-five for what he did to to help uh, you know uh, bring back the Pacers post post Paul George. But um, man, he's in a he's in a precarious place. You know, you could you could yeah. you can get yourself uh, uh, permanently banned from the top twenty-five by screwing over the franchise. So he needs to he needs to. Come back and play hard. Is he on the bubble? Do we know where he is on the top twenty-five list today? Uh, uh, I mean, I would say he's he's probably dropped about five spots. Um, he's not on the bubble right now, but we'll just see how this season goes. He's on the bubble of the bubble. Yes, yes, he's on the bubble of the bubble. <laughs> and 
And to to get really much more information, we're gonna have to have Colson do his uh, trilogy of podcasts, um, <laughs> updating the top twenty five. Sure. Well, this is gonna be a, a jam packed season. We might have to wait till the off season. Okay. Also, I won't know where Vic is until after the off season. So yeah, let's let's wait till next season for that to update. I mean, he'll be at a different slot every week. That's right. That's how a fluidless work. <laughs> that's true. Right. I could just give you my update on which spot he is every week. You could just uh, you could just tweet it out every week. You could make a specific Twitter account for that, and then any time it changes, you can just send out a tweet. So I'll text you, and then you tweet it out for me because I don't know how Twitter works. Yeah, that'd probably be easier. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Hashtag, where's Vic? <laughs> you won't have to change it when we start shopping into other teams for right. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> and for my second of two totally planned stats of the week. <laughs> Joey, stat of the week. This one is about the state of North Dakota, whose mm. their tagline is be legendary. It is about their coronavirus statistics and they now uh have more than 10 percent of their total population has been infected with the coronavirus their population is 760,000 and change and they now have over 78,000 total cases so and 40 almost 45 percent of their total population has been tested but over 10 percent of the state has been infected. So I just wish we knew how it, uh, how it spread or, or how to prevent it. But, uh, just all in on herd immunity out in the Dakotas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, be safe, Dakota, be safer, be safer, be, be safer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Colson, Let's uh, turn things around here. What do you got for us for a stat? What, what is it that you do here? You do the, uh, the undergoogle. <laughs> I have no idea what, what I do here. What would you say that you do exactly? <laughs> I uh, deal with the tech guys, right? <laughs> people I, person, I talk, damn it. Yeah, I'm a people person. I communicate with Joey. For, <laughs> <laughs> It's going well. That's, that's right. Yeah, because he has no idea what I do. So, yeah. oh, are we doing under, under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Uh, Unagoogables, uh, everybody's uh, favorite uh, podcast that's not this one. Um, <laughs> uh, this week, Pleased as Punch. Want to know where that came from? We, we talked about uh, Punch. We did. Uh, but, but I don't know why you'd be... Punch Bowl. Punch right? Bowl. We talked about Punch Bowl. Um, but I don't know why you'd be pleased as Punch. I don't know when that phrase would have come about or why you would be pleased as punch. So the punch bowl, did we decide that that went back to like pirates? Yeah, I think so. Or was it the Egyptians? (laughs) (laughs) I need to listen to our show more. (laughs) My memory is that it had to do with like rum in the Caribbean or something. Sure. I think that was I think that was my theory and it ended up being wrong. That's why <laughs> I can't remember. We learned so much from doing That's this. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should pick a different phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should go listen to the hey, punch look, episode. We're gonna and stop then... doing stuff because it's embarrassing. I mean, let's just sign off right now. That's true. <laughs> I'm saying we could pause right now. I'll go listen to our punch bowl episode and then come back and with that info. <laughs> Ooh, a quick update uh, on a previous uh, undegoogleable. Uh, we did uh, uh, let's blow this popsicle stand, and 
we went through it and, and uh, you know, Jason found some inane thing on the internet, which was a, a complete lie. Um, but I, but I did uh, listen to a way with words that did um, uh, let's blow this popsicle stand. And um, I think what we kind of got to, but it was much more concise when they did it was um, pop stand is a, a, a soda joint, but because it was regional, uh, because when you say pop, it's a regional thing instead of soda. Um, people in other parts of the country assumed that that pop was shorting, shortened for popsicle. There's no such thing as a popsicle stand. It's just a soda joint. But it was used to be called a pop stand like in Minnesota or something like that. So there you go. Away with words is better at this than we are. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> We were almost there, but they were very much more concise. They're they're PBS, NPR, whatever they are. Publicly supported. That's right. With smart people mm-hmm. that drink less than I do. I think. What were so you doing? Are we backing off. <laughs> I got so other ones. I got other ones. Do you want to do? Wait, please so do we punch? just not doing that? No, one? let's do please this punch. Okay. Um, I mean, my thought was just, uh, you know, people are happy when they're drunk. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going too. It's, okay. You know, there's the 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 punch that's got the booze in it, and um, but I mean, you got to hit the the right time, you know, because then you know, mm. you know, people have their different levels of of uh, inebriation. You know, sometimes you know a lot of people are happy, but then you get the the sad. Like sad as punch also makes sense if it's later in the night. Uh, belligerent as punch. That's always <laughs> right. my favorite saying. Belligerent is punch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's sort of like punch drunk on some level, right? Or that's from getting hit in the head, right? That's when you're yeah. punch drunk? Yeah. Mm. So is this related to boxing or is it related to punch? I assumed it would be. I mean, I'm going alcohol. Okay. Yeah. I usually don't ask people to please hit me. <laughs> and you're not usually that uh, happy after it happens. Not, not generally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. When would this come about? Because we, we've decided that uh, punch comes from uh, pirates or the Egyptians or mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth or something. Uh, Victorian England. Let's Victorian England is yeah big punch time. They are big into punch. <laughs> I do like so if you're a pirate, okay, you're you're pirate and you're you're putting um, your citrus into your rum. Um, yeah, this could be a pirate term. Arr, I'm pleased as punch. Arr. So when were the pirates? When were they? <laughs> I guess when were the pirates like? I mean, there still are pirates, sure. Uh, but the pirates we're thinking of, um, I'm sixteen hundreds. I'm thinking like probably ish. probably the height of uh, fifteen sixteen hundreds, right? Height of pirates seventeen hundreds, somewhere in there. Basically, when you start doing shipping, you know, so mm-hmm. your your slave trade period would be 15 to 1700s you know they were picking up rum yeah, and you, such and taking it to different places and you would think that the number of pirates would increase as the cost of ships went down over time until there was really a globalized navy yeah who's a favorite uh, famous pirate uh blackbeard blackbeard when was blackbeard 1700s probably okay sure Captain Hook. That's right. Yeah. That's right. When was, was Peter Bluebeard Pan? was another one, right? Bluebeard was real, right? Bluebeard was real. Real. Yeah, sure. Is there a Bluebeard and a Blackbeard? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why are all pirates bearded? <laughs> there wasn't a lot of time for shaving. Are you a pirate? Yeah, I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like the first rule of pirates is don't talk about being a pirate? I mean, very clearly. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> annual. You don't want to advertise that. 
you got to, you know, surprise them. <laughs> surprise who? The, 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 no for the question. <laughs> <laughs> So, so where are we at? Yeah, 1700s. And we're just drunk off punch. We're drunk on punch. Easy peasy. All right. Oh. Okay. Well, you're all wrong. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what I'm seeing here is uh, it's an idiom from the, well, partially wrong. You're wrong where it counts. How about that? Uh Late 1700s. Okay, we got um, that. Uh, but it, the phrase is derived from the Punch and Judy puppet shows that were popular in the 1700s, 1800s in Europe. Oh. And um, and Punch was one of the name of the puppets? Yeah, he was one of the puppets, and he was always depicted as evil and is a... Uh, pretty violent it seems like yes um, but he's always pleased with himself yes mental floss has the sentence punch is deliciously self-satisfied with his sadism there we go what a sentence oh my goodness yeah. so his uh, character background apparently he has beaten his baby to death uh, as well as his wife uh, a, a policeman and other characters and puppets were after way each- different back in the day <laughs> Oh, you know, Grover also beat his baby to death. Do you don't remember that? <laughs> super, super dark Sesame Street episode. But his punchline, uh, no pun intended, but uh, after each murder, he he uh, declared that's the way to do it. As wow. you do after a murder. Is that where punchline yes. comes from? Uh, let's just say it is. Uh, That's great. Maybe. Punch's strutting pride in his awful deeds is what led to the coining of the phrase being pleased as punch. Wow. Okay. The magic of the game. I had no idea that that would be a thing. I didn't know that they had... I knew they had puppets, but I didn't know they had such popular puppets that beat I've each other. heard of Punch and Judy. I just, yeah, was not aware that they were so homicidal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just a apparently a warning to all of Sesame Street: stay away from Punch. Yeah. <laughs> he is unhinged. Dude definitely has a rap sheet. No doubt. Did he kill his dog too? Uh, yeah. I think oh, anything okay. that he can, he does. He killed everything but the wife. Oh, I he definitely she... be- he he beat his wife. Oh, okay. Oh, for sure. Definitely because that's because that's Judy, right? Yeah. That's right. The, okay, that's the funny part. <laughs> I don't know what the funny part was. It lost me on the funny. Uh, the first recorded appearance of Punch in England was in 1662. And that was because King Charles II took the throne in 1660 and replaced Puritan uh, leader Oliver Cromwell. And because of that, the theater culture began to change. Get rid of those Puritans, and this is what happens, apparently. I hate to say Cromwell was right, but <laughs> did take a weird turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, just to uh, update again, just to remind us, uh, Punchbowl uh, was uh, f- from the uh, Indians uh, from India coming over to uh, England, and um, the word punch is uh, from Hindi, Right, um, and uh, which means five, and the drink is made from five simple ingredients: a spirit, sugar, lemon, water, or tea, and spices. Now it's all coming back. That's right. Now it comes back, and the employees of the British East India Company uh, brought it back to Europe. It's not connected to. Well, I mean, actually, timeline-wise, right? Couldn't they just have named named the puppet Punch after that? So Punch is short for Punchinello. Which is, uh, apparently this is a riff on uh, Commedia dell'arte, so the figure Punch is derived from the Neapolitan stock character of Pulsinella, which was anglicized to Punchinella. Yes, they were uh, originally Italian. 
And Punch's wife was originally called Joan. Mm. Mm. Did they take uh, the the violence and the... uh, uh, I hope they didn't take that from Italy, too. That seems uniquely British, right? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. The uniquely medieval. Mm. So shout out to the Puritans for for keeping them at bay for so long, but uh, you fell eventually. (laughs) Uh, That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Colson. Old Punch and Judy. Old Punch and Judy. Hmm. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, Oh boy, yeah. The Wikipedia page is is it's really not helping me on this. It's like so the the section under comedy says, despite Punch's unapologetic murders throughout the performances, (laughs) it is still a comedy. Just like stated as fact for you. Right. We swear it's hysterical. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Uh, Well, (laughs) thank you for, uh, you know, and that's something I never, I never would have uh, known without. I would uh, not have gotten there. Uh, Yeah. Like I said, that's the magic of the game. Good Lord. It was unlikely that I I would have ever learned that fact, but I appreciate it. you taking us there. Well, I have to take please this punch out of my vernacular now, apparently. Because basically unless it's, you're, it's just uh, violence. Unless you're a homicidal maniac. Like. <laughs> I'm pleased this punch. Oh, my God, run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, team. Uh, I think we have hit our limit of things that we wanted to learn this week. Um, you can... Uh, hit us up on social media until uh, next show and then and also after next show you can do that on twitter we are at undebeatables we're on facebook.com slash the undebeatables our website is the undebeatables.com and there's a contact form there you can send us a message and uh, hit us up on email shout out at the undebeatables.com for our once and always hall of fame coach bobby sick leonard and for puppets everywhere. Mm. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <coughs> that didn't work. I was trying to be Kermit. I'm not Kermit. Uh, I was trying to be Grover. Grover? Or, yeah. Yeah. Got no. it. yeah. <laughs> Those voice actors, you know. Yeah. That's an impressive thing to do. Yeah, my, my Grover seemed less happy and more um, pleased as punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did seem a little pleased as punch. That was fitting under the circumstances. Uh, the Denver Broncos finished a football game with one completion today. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had to sit all of their quarterbacks due to COVID. <laughs> All of so, them. So who did they have All with their three. their their punter? They had a so they had a practice squad guy. They actually they actually wrote the league and tried to let them uh, temporarily sign two assistant coaches to go play quarterback. <laughs> oh, guys who were actually coaches to like because <laughs> they're better than their. <laughs> than they're only better than the practice squad guy who was one and nine. Oh, they only threw nine times. They knew what they were getting into, apparently. <laughs> they were yep. like, just, we're just going to run the ball today. I mean, of those nine passes, only two were picked off. So, Oh, my God. Oh my well, God. the fact that they... I mean, I, <laughs> the fact amazing. that they knew where people were supposed to be, sort of, you know, the fact that they weren't picked off every time is kind of impressive, you know? Well, I mean... Like, there's patterns those guys run. Like yeah, it could be that they, they threw the rest of those time. into the ground, though, Joe. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what comes with experience, you know? Sure. Oh, my so why, goodness. So why did that game take place at all? Well, the Broncos did try and get them to delay it until uh, Monday or a later date, and the league said, fuck off. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Your Fair. team's on the field. I mean, okay. is it, I mean... 
God, I'm just wondering, like, isn't that why you have, like, in in your uh, uh, place kicker supposed to also be able to, like, know the, the plays? Isn't that your fifth quarterback is your... I, I mean, I don't know if he would have done any worse or better than one and nine with two picks. Yeah. What about, like, uh, like the third string running back? Doesn't he probably have a better arm than this scrub? Their, their, their kicker did get him the only points of the day, a 58-yard field goal. Was wow. it their only points? Okay. They probably should have just had him kick every time. Just from yeah, exactly. Like, just on first down. <laughs> exactly. On the 20-yard line. <laughs> See if he can kick a 90-yarder for us. Do you feel, I feel like the, the team has like a big slack, and they just said, hey, funny question, uh, everybody. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> has anyone ever played quarterback? Ever thrown a football? <laughs> <laughs>